0: Hi, I'm Dr. Emmanuel Ako. The early signs of a heart attack can vary. The most common include squeezing across the chest, a feeling of unease, and a sense that something just isn't right. It can be easy to dismiss the early signs of a heart attack as the symptoms don't always feel severe. It's never too early to call 999 and describe your symptoms.
1: Your NHS is here for you.
0: Well, look at this! There's a guy here just in the nick of time. What does that make
1: us? Big damn heroes, sir. Yeah. Ain't we just? Wayne is a close personal friend of mine. Member of the billionaire class. And yes, Bruce did contribute money to my campaign. 30 bucks.
0: Welcome to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM, the film and TV radio show where a handful of film enthusiasts shoot the breeze about all things film and television. I'm Marcus E. Ako and I I actually now want to go back in and start watching Doctor Who. I am producer
2: Dave and uh, funny enough, Yes, I'm kind of curious myself, I, after dropping it for a little while, so yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: I, see, okay, what, what's, your, what's your hit? Let's start with, um, the, for people who have no idea what we're talking about, obviously uh, they've now uh, announced who the new Doctor Who's gonna be, uh, and it's uh, Kuti Gatwa. Uh, the only thing that I have ever seen him in, actually I've seen him in two things, but one is off the back of the other one, uh, is uh, Sex Education on Netflix. Eric, he plays Eric on Sex Education. It's on Netflix, three seasons. He's fantastic in the show. Um, we'll come back to that one in a second. So they just announced um, that he's now the new Doctor Who replacing Jodie. Uh, Whittaker. Yeah, J- uh, J- thank you, Josie Whittaker. Uh, my brain went through Jodie Foster, Jodie Comer. <laughs> <laughs> was like, what, no, okay. Um, all right, so producer Dave, let's jump to you first. What is your relationship with Doctor Who? Um,
2: my relationship with Doctor Who started with uh, Gosh, this is going back. Uh, John Pertwee. Ooh, that is going back. And a little bit of Tom Baker. And then ended. And then fast forward, it went to, oh gosh, what's the name of the guy? The one who bought it back with Russell T. Davis, who only did one season.
0: Eccleston. Eccleston. Eccleston.
2: That's it. Yes. Yeah. And Brain. so, yeah, so it was Eccleston, then David Tennant. And then I kind of, when Matt Smith started, I thought, mm, yeah, okay, watched a little bit of it and then just kind of like faded off. And when Jody Whitaker came on the scene, I had a look at that, watched a couple of episodes and then kind of faded off. For me, um, the excitement of, I, I, I'm gonna say, the Russell T Davies years kind of like ebbed away. Okay. Um, for, for me, that's what happened. It, it started to be a bit samey some of the stock storylines and blah, 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 just kind of like started to go back into what it was, uh, which made it end, if you see what I mean. So I just wanted to keep up with it. Let's put it that way.
0: See, for me, same, similar to you, although I don't go as far back as Pertwee, mine was, um, um, was Baker, right? Uh, Tom Baker, was Tom Baker? It is Tom Baker, Yeah, Yes, right?
2: Tom Baker. He was the one just after Pertwee.
0: Yes, so I I was watching it back in Nigeria with Tom Baker and loved it. Fantastic, the slime. Uh, that's is it, every time I see green slime, I immediately have viscerally taken back to watching Doctor Who as a kid. Loved it back then. Um, he was the only Doctor Who I saw. Right, um, I, and then I moved to the UK. Obviously, that you know that gap. The time I'd moved to the UK, they had stopped making the episode that they weren't doing any reruns or if they were doing reruns, I wasn't watching it. So essentially for me, the only person who had ever done Doctor Who was Tom Baker. That's, that was my Doctor Who completely. Then they brought back Doctor Who with Christopher Eccleston. And I really liked Christopher Eccleston as yes, a yeah, so I was like, I'm, I'm watching this. I dived into it and I was watching it and I was like, yeah, this is all right. This is okay. And it just never really grabbed me the way I, it grabbed me back in the day. I was like, because it was like, yeah, the special effects were cheesy and corny and, and whatnot. And yeah, that was the whole, you know, charm of Doctor Who. But I was like, okay, you know, it's all right. And I just faded off at that point. Then they um, they switched from Eccleston to David Tennant. Now, And I've probably said this a number of times on the show. uh, I'm I'm just going to quickly give a run through of my relationship with David Tennant. I say relationship. He has no idea I exist. But it's the fact that when I first heard of David Tennant, um, I somehow didn't like him because he was being cast as Casanova in BBC BBC, uh, drama of Casanova. Uh, At the same time, Heath Ledger was playing Casanova in the big screen. And I was like, look at Heath Ledger. Beautiful man. Look at David Tennant. Small small, little guy. He's never going to work. So I didn't watch the BBC one. I watched the Heath Ledger one. I liked the Heath Ledger one. That was fine. Anyway, then he, um, David Tennant appears in Harry Potter as, I can't remember the character's name, but he's really like snivelly and whatnot. And I'm like, yeah, wow, you did very well as that snivelly character. Still kind of don't like you, but I want to like you because you're very good, but you know, whatever. And then uh, Michael Amari, a a friend of mine, he said, look, dude, just go and watch Casanova and tell me what you think. So I'm like, fine. And I fell in love with David Tennant, fantastic actor. And now he's um, playing Doctor Who at a point where I now like David Tennant, but I don't like the show. So I'm like, do I want to watch this? And I start watching a couple of episodes and I'm like, honestly, I'm only liking this because of David Tennant. (laughs) And because I didn't watch it, I didn't get back into it. But obviously I'd see clips, I'd see different things following whatever. And I'm like, you know, it's fine. He's good. He did about 60 episodes of Doctor Who. Then he left. And then, as you said, Matt Smith came in. And so I was just basically on the periphery, just hearing all the stories about what's happening with Doctor Who. Everyone says how Matt Smith is an amazing Doctor Who. I'm like, okay, fair enough. I don't I still don't watch it. And then I think Peter Capaldi replaced him. And I like, I really like Peter Capaldi. I think he's amazing, right? It's like you see thick of it, he's fantastic. He's he does a great turn in the Suicide Squad. Um, again, that still didn't drag me in. And then they changed it to Jodie Whittaker and Again, it, I mean, I like Judy Whitaker and other things I've seen. She was great in Attack the Block and a number of other stuff that she's done, um, but still didn't pull me into watching Doctor Who. Plus, a whole bunch of, you know, like, you know what the the, the Twitterverse and the, you know, fandom is kind of like, there are some very toxic uh, areas in the, in, in the web when, you know, she's obviously, Doctor Who's now become female. So there's a whole lot of toxicity that comes with, you know, a woman now taking over a character that's been just a male character. So you get to hear these things. And one of the things that really annoys me, go diving into that, you know, into the, the deep dark hole that is, you know, um, toxic web fandom is that there are times when you just want to tell them to just be quiet because they aren't making any sense. But then they, they happen to just, you know, like the broken clock is right twice a day. There's sometimes where just that stupidity actually hits on a point. And I watched a couple of the episodes with Jodie Whittaker. Again, I'm not saying she was terrible, but the stories weren't there. You know what I mean? It's like, it, it, I, I, look, I was like, what is this? Okay, okay, fine. The, the trolls might have a point and that's what I hate. I hate when reality or the real world makes it easier for the trolls to get validation because it's terrible. And I'm like you know, that, So that pushed me even further away from the Doctor Who franchise. Fast forward to a couple of days ago when we hear that Gatwa has now taken over the role. I, like I said, I'm a huge fan of Sex Education. I think he's one of the best characters in it. Uh, He plays Eric, the best friend of the lead character. And I think he is just fantastic as an actor. And I can't wait to see what he does to the Doctor Who character. Um, So I'm putting my hand up. I'm saying, you know what? I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to give it a go for uh, maybe three episodes. I'll watch the first three episodes with him in it. And then I'm going to come back and say whether the storyline is better, whether the acting, everything else is good, whether he, you know, does well in the role and if I'm now back into Doctor Who. So that's my, that's my plan. I'm, I'm, I'm planning on going in and I, as soon as I watch it, I'm going to come back on here and producer Dave, I'm going to sit down with you and I'm going to say, here's what I think about the new Doctor Who. What do you think?
2: Well, you missed out a couple of points there. One one of which is that uh, Russell T Davis is now back as a showrunner. Now he was a showrunner for the Christopher Eccleston years and the David Tennant years. I can't remember if he did um, Matt's, um, Matt Smith, but the two most interesting parts of doc, um, Doctor Who, the two most interesting Doctor Whos for me of the recent run were when he was running the show. Okay. And like I said, after that, the stories and everything started to fade away. And I, I think with him coming back, I think that was the main, Possibly, I think that was possibly the main reason why they brought him back was to give the show another lift because Russell T Davis, whatever you say about him, he's a fantastic storyteller. So they've got two people come, one person coming back to the show and a new person coming in. And I'm looking to see what that dynamic's going to cre- create in the next series. And watching two or three episodes is not going to tell the story, you're going to have to watch the entire run. The six or seven episodes to see exactly how it's going to pan out. Okay. Uh, so that's my take on it. Um, and speaking of Russell T Davis, um, well, we're going to be talking about the bastards anyway. So, yeah.
0: Yes, uh, absolutely. We'll jump, we'll jump into that in a second. You're listening yeah. to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus Diacco.
2: I'm producer Dave.
0: And I've, I've just been ranting nonstop about. Um, Uncutty uh, got who are taking over as uh, as the new Doctor Who that I just you know it, it, funny enough just before we started the show producer Dave and I said right what should we talk about first should we talk about Doctor Who thing or should we talk about BAFTA and I'm like yeah we'll talk about BAFTA first then we'll talk about Doctor Who okay and then what do I do we start recording and I just flip things around but I like to keep you on your toes producer Dave so
2: well I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a little curveball at you as well because you said something very very interesting in your rant and it's just Ooh. come back to me and you okay. turned and said that there were, the Twitter trolls went on a, a bender when Jodie Whittaker was announced as the female Doctor Who. Yep. Yep, so I'm not gonna go into that specifically, but they all had a rant at that point. I had wonder what, was, what those Twitter trolls are saying now that it's four who's going to be uh, female.
0: Yeah, see, do you, know, do you know what's funny? What's funny is, Um, The response when Jodie Whittaker was announced as Doctor Who, it was instantaneous. It was literally YouTube and Twitter was flooded with vitriol. However, it's been a couple of days now since the announcement, and I haven't heard a negative peep just yet. I'm not saying it's not coming. I'm pretty sure it's on its way, (laughs) building its momentum. I'm just, what I'm saying is, I am actually quite surprised that as of this moment, I haven't heard anything negative yet. Um, give it to the end of the week. Let's see what happens. We're, this is this is going to be the 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 watch. We have we're setting a watch now. We're setting a you know a countdown to when the negative articles and the negative um, you know responses and YouTube videos and hashtags, not my Doctor Who, start popping up. I'm waiting to see what that is. I'm just. I'm taking it back a tiny little bit that it hasn't happened yet. Who knows? Maybe it's the fact that it's the whole Johnny Depp, Amber, De- um, Amber Heard, um, uh, you know, court case that is currently occupying everyone else's, you know, is is currently locking things down so that that hasn't happened. So it's going to be a case where as soon as the case is over, everyone's going to be like, so what else is happening on the news? Oh, my God, what? <laughs> and that's when it's going to come up. So we'll see what happens. Let's 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 see. Let's see, anyway, um, let's move on from what we're gonna be talking about today. Uh, we're gonna to be discussing, uh, there's a there's a YouTube, there's a film, a short animated Batman film called Batman Broken Promise, which you can get on YouTube. Go and watch it on YouTube. It is amazing. It is absolutely 100% amazing. And in our spotlight section, we're gonna be talking to the uh, creators of, the, of Batman Broken Promise, Stephen Trumbull and Claire Wicks go on youtube pause this now go on youtube go and watch batman broken promise and then switch on this because when we get to the spotlight we'll be talking with steven and claire about you know the behind the scenes stuff how they made it and all that kind of stuff we'll talk about that then uh, but what we'll do is we'll jump into bafta uh, tv award winners in our film and tv news <laughs> we're doing this recording almost not straight after but like a couple of days after a couple of days after the uh the BAFTA TV awards of 2022 were you know happened um and so we're just going to talk about some of the uh, some of the winners uh, producer dave did any of the winners surprise you uh yes actually um big zoo
2: big big zoo surprised you big zoo surprised me yeah he got two and I think he was surprised at the second one because you he it was, the camera was on him at the time when it was announced and he was
0: like, what, what? Yeah. And he ran off
2: to the stage clutching his other back. Door.
0: You're right. So just just scanning through this, cause I've got the list here. Um, and so it's the um, feature, it, first is features that, we, that we, he got one for features, Big Zoo, Big Zoo's Big Eats on, which is on Dave. Um, he beats things like Sort Out Your Life, Great British Sewing Bee, and Mortimer and White House beat those ones. So he, so they won for that one. And he, then he also won for, just scrolling back up, he won for entertainment performance. So best entertainment performance, he beat uh, Alison Hammond from I Can See Your Voice. Graham Norton, he beat uh, for Graham Norton Show. Uh, that I'm surprised. Michael McIntyre uh, from Michael McIntyre and Big Wheel. Sean Locke, another one as well that I'm surprised that because that, Obviously, Locke passed away. Um, was it this year? I think it was early this year. Uh, he was a comedian. It was you know I knew him from Eight Out of Ten Cats and um, Eight Out of Ten Cats does Countdown. He was he was basically a staple in that. He did a lot of stand up as well. Very funny comedian. Passed away early this year. So I'm surprised he didn't get it post uh, posthumously. Um, but Big Zoo won it for Big Zoo's Big Eats uh, is. His uh, re- reception speech, or his um, you know, he- the speech that he gave was kind of was kind of improvised, totally improvised. It was really funny. It was really funny. So that's the one that surprised you. Yeah, that's the one that
2: surprised me. Yeah, the other thing that surprised me was that um, it's a Sydney win any.
0: Yes, I was I was going to say exactly the same thing. That's the for me that was that one surprise was the was one of the surprises that uh, that, um, that did kind of put me not put me off it threw me um, from a miniseries best miniseries you had it's a sin landscapers uh, Stephen and time which is on BBC it's a sin didn't win uh, time for BBC one um, did we have a conversation about this either last year or the year before about because the BAFTAs and the BBC, BBC tends to rack up the wins. Have we had that <coughs> conversation?
2: I think we did. Yeah, but this year it seemed to be a bit more spread out. Really? Well, there was a there was a, there was a lot of Channel Four and BBC. Uh,
0: yeah. Okay. Um, fair enough. I mean, ITV got a couple of wins from like the entertainment program, um, with Anton Deck's Saturday Night Takeover as per usual. <laughs> yeah, that we, yeah, because they, they, it's like literally just name it the Anton Deck Award. So any TV show they have, they pick it. Uh, but, you know, scanning through the list, a lot of it, there's a large proportion It's BBC One, BBC Two, BBC One, BBC Two. And I mean, even Dave, Dave is more connected to BBC and BBC, uh, the BBC, right? Because a lot UK of. shows... TV, yeah. UK TV. So a lot of stuff that goes from BBC, then, you know, after it finishes its cycle tends to go to uh, UK TV and so on. So, I mean, I'm just saying, right. But, you know, that doesn't explain why Graham Norton didn't win. But um, anyway, we always talk about the Virgin must-see, Virgin Media must-see moment, which um, we didn't do a lead up this year, uh, but we did in the last couple of years. Uh, This year, it was the Strictly Come Dancing, Rose and Giovanni's Silent Dance to Symphony. Now, did you did you get to see that? Um, did you get to see that particular dance? Do you watch Strictly Come Dancing?
2: No, I don't watch Strictly Come Dancing. No, no, that's one of those shows for me that I just switch over as soon as it comes on. Okay. I know most of the world watches it, but I don't.
0: I'll be honest with you; neither do I. I don't tend to watch Strictly Come Dancing. It, I mean, I, I love dance. I love dance shows. Strictly Come Dancing is not really one that I will rush to TV and go watch. Um, and I wasn't really even that interested in the last one that happened, but I was aware of this particular performance that was going to happen. And I actually watched it live. Um, just because obviously you walk into a room, it's on TV, and I just happened to catch it at that point. And I watched that particular performance. And I've got to admit, I, yeah, I'm 100 percent on board. This is, I mean, l- let's look at let's look at the let's look at the list of must see moments that were that were there that it beat out. So an audience with Adele. I saw that one. Uh, so the moment was when Adre- Adele is surprised by the teacher who changed her life. Yeah, I can see that, but you know, fair enough. I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Anton Deck, dig at um, Downing Street's lockdown parties. Um, fair enough, okay. I didn't see that, I don't know about it. It's a sin, Collins devastating AIDS diagnosis. That was on there. Uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, Bimmy's versus UK Hun. I, I, never, I didn't see RuPaul's Drag Race, so I don't know. Squid Game, Red Light, Green Light. Now that, that I'm shocked. So so I said there were three things that kind of, you know, shocked me about the wins and what didn't win. So it's a sin not picking up anything because it hasn't picked up anything in a while, which I'm surprised because it's quite At all, uh, Yeah, exactly. Right. um So there was that. There was also... Again, this one right here, I mean, it's not a surprise that Red Light, Green Light won because again, like I said, it's a the, the one that won it, which was the uh, Rose and Giovanni Silent Dance, which I'm going to come back to in a second. But the fact that it was going against um, Squid Games, Red Light, Green Light. Now, I don't even, all I have, all you can walk into any room and just say Red Light, Green Light. And I would I, I would bet at least eight out of 10 people in that room would know what you're referring to. They know that you're making a reference to Squid Game, even if they haven't seen it, right? You know what I mean? Mm. So if I say red light, green light, have you seen Squid Game?
2: I haven't watched it all, no.
0: But do you know what I'm talking about? When I say red light, green light, do you know what I, I'm talking about?
2: I, I remember that that scene that was
0: come up, yeah. Exactly. So this is an international, c- an international moment, right? As in, you have YouTubers across the world replicating that scene in their own, you know, style for their own channels, doing different types of games of like, you know, squid game type games or whatever. And it's always that one they always do. They always do the red light, green light. And I'm so, I would, I, I'm really like, because again, while it was a very, very powerful moment the Rose and Giovanni silent dance, and it was because they were playing, they're playing music, playing symphony, and then all of a sudden, because she, because, uh, she is, I believe she's deaf. She, she's not just hearing impaired. She's actually deaf um, and, essentially they cut the music while they were dancing to give you that sensation of what she experiences when she dances, right? Because she can't hear music, how she experiences it. And it is, it's like for a few seconds, it is really, it's, 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 it's a very powerful statement. So I understand, but damn, I mean, come on it's Squid Game's Red Light, Green Light. But I, again, hence the reason why I'm talking more about the sway about BBC, because yeah. where is Strictly Come Dancing is shown on BBC. Well, I'm,
2: I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, say something that you might not agree with because huh? for me, well, first you've got to remember this one was public voted, okay? Not everyone has Netflix. So not everyone will know about Red Light, Green Light. So <laughs> if they're watching BBC, and they've seen the, the silent dance but they don't know anything about red light green light they will just go for the silent dance because they'll just look at it and say i haven't got netflix don't know what that is blah 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 and... okay <laughs> okay
0: it's yeah i thought you, what... I, I
2: knew you were gonna uh, disagree but I... <laughs> I, I i i felt i felt that i needed to point that out not everyone will be watching um netflix and not everyone you know, will know about that
0: I would take that as a, I would take that as an argument for the fact that that was the case. Um, while I don't think it's utterly convincing, you know, <laughs> it is a, it's, a, it's a reasonable argument because, you, as you said, it's you know, it's it's uh, viewers voting um, for that particular, and you know, you're right because it's view a, it's viewers voting. Two, again, it's a. BBC show, right? The BAFTAs is a BBC show, Strictly Come Dancing is a BBC show, which means more than likely the people who will be voting are viewers of BBC TV shows, right? Uh, as opposed to, you know, the wider audience. Like I said, Squid Game, was an, it was internationally known. And as such, you're not looking at the entire world voting because if the entire world voted, Squid Game would have won. Which speaking of which, in the international catch, tree, the last bit that really shocked me was that Squid Game didn't pick international um, a TV show. It, w- it went to the Underground Railroad, uh, Underground Railroad, which is uh, Amazon Prime. So it beat out Call My Agent, Lu- Lupin, Mayor of East Town, Squid Game, Succession, and the Underground Railroad. Railroad. This is why I'm shocked. I just mentioned six TV shows. Of those six TV shows, I've watched two of them. I know of the others. I mean, Succession, right? Is one, there's three seasons at the moment. I haven't watched it yet, but it's one of those ones where everyone is saying, it is absolutely fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. Brian Cox, Matthew McFadden, whole bunch of people are in it that just crush. And yet the Underground Railroad by Amazon Prime won. But who knows? Let me go and watch Underground Railroad and then come back and say, whether I think, it, because again, it beats Squid Game. When you're talking international, your argument was just about the fact that Squid Game is more internationally known compared to something like, you know, Strictly Come Dancing, but Strictly Come Dancing is British. I don't, who knows, I, who knows? I think every award ceremony these days has to have some bit of controversy. Although this is not really controversial, it's just in my head, it's like, <laughs> Um, but you know what? The world exists in my head, in my head alone. So you're all figments of my imagination. Um, <laughs> you're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Acko. And I'm producer Dave. And I apologize for calling you all figments of my imagination. <laughs> but here, here is Spotlight. listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako.
2: I'm producer Dave.
0: And we have with us the creators of uh, a fan film, a fan animated Batman film called Batman Broken Promise. You can see it on YouTube. I'll let them introduce themselves. Go for it.
1: Hi, uh, I'm Stephen Trumbull and I wrote and animated Batman Broken Promise.
3: And I'm Claire Wicks and I wrote and composed the film score.
1: Now,
0: I stumbled upon this film uh, doing research for another project that I'll announce another time. Uh, and I, I saw it pop up on Twitter, and I think it got released maybe three or five days. Up, you know, I, I'd, I'd seen 20%. it three or five days after it had been released. And uh, it's Batman Broken Promise. Uh, first of all, let me let me throw to, to you, Steve. Tell us, what is Batman Broken Promise?
1: Wow what a question. Uh, Batman Broken Promise is a 15 minute animated short um, which started as me watching Matt Reeves as the Batman trailer all the way back in 2020 during lockdown in the pandemic and uh, just started drawing Batmobiles and I and it was just like my way of staying sane was drawing Batmobiles day in day out and then bat cowls and then bat wings and bat cycles and then I was like, oh, I've kind of I've always wanted to do animation and I love animation. So I started doing shots and I was like, OK, well, if I'm going to do an animation, I'll do a Batman. I'll, I'll draw a Batman beating up a thug. So I did that and then that turned into a couple of shots. And then I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. I'll make it like a little two minute film, right? <laughs> uh, you know, make a two minute film, Batman beating up thugs. And then I was like, oh, but I want a rogue in it. I want one of the <laughs> rogues villains in it. Okay, well, I'll just throw him in at the end. And then it just kind of got seriously out of hand. And two years later, it's 15 minutes long.
3: Yeah, really spiraled in yeah. that respect. This is kind of how Steve brought me in on the project. Mm. Um, that when it was going to be about two three minutes he was like you know would you score it and I going, of course yeah two or three minutes no problem whatever yeah um and then every six months or so he'd kind of check back in and go it's, it's about five minutes now I go <laughs> okay and then a few months later well it's more like eight Eight minutes now. And then even when he sh- like did the sort of screening when we were doing yeah. our first spotting session, I don't think he'd even admitted to himself yeah. that it was a 15-minute film. <laughs> I said it was going, like
1: 14 and a oh, half. Probably, yeah. <laughs> well, plus credits, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like not <laughs> so, so basically, like uh it it's something that I've always loved. I've always loved Batman, always wanted to, to, I've always had ideas of what I would want to see from a Batman short. Uh um, I was never really like a fan film guy I I just I just I you know I studied as a filmmaker I, I earned my living as a storyboard artist and a concept artist and uh I just I just really wanted to make a film again and I just felt like I knew the characters enough and and luckily the, the response has been kind of overwhelmingly positive which is so wonderful because really all I wanted at the end of the day was for Batman fans to watch it and for Batman fans to like it and for us to be able to know that they liked it. And that seems to have happened. So I'm uh, overjoyed. So, so it's on YouTube at the moment.
0: And it, it's been released. It's just, just under two weeks at this point And so far has a quarter of a million views. Over a quarter of a million views at the moment. Um, and it's just been under two weeks that it's released. Um, and, I, okay... I'll, 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 let me preface it by saying this. I've been involved in various other fan projects in the past. Oh. And this one in particular, not of it, it. No, it's I disagree. It is not a fan base. It is not it's not a fan film. It right. is it is just I, I, I watched it and I was like, no, no, this has to be a studio produced product. It yeah. was it, it, yeah. it, it was it, it was better than some of the Batman films I've seen. <laughs> it, it had everything, it's like the animation is superb. It, oh, is, cheer, it is fantastic. The Thank story you. is just, it blew me away. I was, okay. So producer David and, I, and I, I, I always say this um, and producer Dave always checks me on it. Especially when <laughs> we have guests that come on. Uh, I accidentally put my foot in my mouth and I say stuff like, yeah, you know, don't, 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 be, don't, don't worry. The level of the caliber of artists that we have to come on the show uh, is just like we're scraping the barrel. <laughs> we're getting people that come in. <laughs> <laughs> Dave always checks me on it. It's like, dude, you can't say that to people. Dude, um, we're English.
1: Knock us down, man. <laughs> <it's fine.
0: laughs> But it's it's the level, the quality of the film is unbelievable. I have to, you guys did such a great work. Everything from this, you mentioned the score, Claire, your work, fantastic on on the score itself. It's so atmospheric. It work, everything works yeah. together. The the way you introduce Batman into in 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 in, in the in the film is mm-hmm. just brilliant. It's it's okay. Let me stop giving praise because carry
3: on the
1: show because like uh, i feel like we could have just tuned in this is uh...
0: people are listening to this more to listen to you than to hear me rant so i'll I'll
1: say trust
0: me he's
2: ranted plenty so you know yeah okay
0: great great this is great it's just all of that to say, it's okay film. It's an, it's an all right film. Um, it's a yes you, from
1: you. It's
0: a, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a maybe yes. Um, but you, you mentioned, Stephen, you mentioned a few seconds ago, a few minutes ago that um, it took you about two years to do this. I mean, evolve yeah. from, from, so walk us through, as a storyboard artist, walk us through the process that took you from turning it into what was two minutes into being 15 minutes. What kind of elements inspired you at various points to say this is now where I want to take the story and go from there.
1: Okay, well, I mean, are we going into spoiler territory? or are It's we... your
0: choice. It's
1: your choice mm. if you want to go
0: into because I All tend right. to not want to spoil. Yeah, me too. Um, but
1: it's your project, so I'll let me know. Say, I'll say there's villain one and there's villain two. Okay, so uh, the best Batman stories I find, I always love it when there's two villains. Um, and uh, villain one, the villain that we get right at the end, Um, I was was the first one that I thought of because it was um, a character that I'd loved for years ever since I'd seen a certain Batman film in the 90s, which is not really a fan favorite. But who the hell cares? Because it's like Batman is really just like there's so much Batman and everyone's so opinionated over which Batman is the best Batman and like you can love the 1966 show, you can love Batfleck, you can love, like there's, there's so many different Batmans and it's so weird that there's like, I feel like I was very lucky in that I've been the right age for every Batman. Like when I was a kid, they were making Batman films for kids. When I was a teenager, they were making Batman films for teenagers, and now I'm a grown-up, and they're making Batman films for grown-ups. I love it. Um, so I knew I, I, I thought, okay, I really want villain one in. So I go, oh, I'm gonna throw him in now, and I got this idea for what he looked like, and I knew what his mission was, and what he was gonna say. And there was a scene right at the end, the climactic moment of the film, which I think I'd always kind of had in the back of my head as like, if I ever did a comic book or if I ever did a story with that character. What would I want to see? Something that I haven't really seen that character do before, even though it's presumably a very likely thing that could happen in that with that character's arc. Um, and so, so instantly, I'm doing that. I'm 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 coming up with shots, and I'm basically just going shot by shot. I would go to cafes with a little notebook, and I'd do these little thumbnail storyboards. So I kind of knew what I wanted to see, and I just kind of started going from kind of bit to bit. It's been so weird that people have like. People keep saying that they really like the script and they really like the story, because it was quite reverse engineered because everything became about questions that needed answers so okay I've got this bad guy, right, I wanted the bad guy to have two gangs, because it would be cool if he had two gangs on either side of him that represent the the rich and the, and the poor of Gotham City. And then I'm like, well, how, where did he get the other gang from? Oh, he sort of stole it from another villain. Okay, which villain? And then it was then suddenly there was this moment about probably a year into the process when I realized, oh no, I think I want to put villain two in. And um, I remember telling, uh, <laughs> I remember telling Tonya, and Tonya, um, uh, yeah, uh, your your sister's fiance, um, who is a huge Batman fan, at Christmas we were all around there, and I I basically like whispered to her, I was like. I think I want to put this new villain into the film. I haven't told Claire yet. It's going to, you know, it's going to make the film twice as long. And and she was such a Batman fan she was like, "Do it. Do it. No, just do it." You know what I mean? So and then it just became this this like thing where I was like, "Okay, all right, I'm going to throw him in." And um and then the fact that the those two villains are very similar to each other, which is not something that you would usually do in a film. You usually pick characters that contrast each other. And then suddenly it became very thematic, which I loved. Um, And really, uh, uh, at 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 base, I'm really kind of a. I love just like designing characters. I love doing character design. I love doing costume design. The great thing about Batman as a character is that he is the the most adaptable character in all of uh, comic books, or even just literature itself. Like you couldn't do a Christopher Nolan Spider Man, could you? Like you can't. You couldn't. That's true. bitten, a, want, yeah. he gets bitten to, by a spider to to and that. then just decides to be a, a normal vigilante. Like that just wouldn't happen. He just bits by a spider and just goes, "Ow!" and that's the end. That's the story. You know. I do want to come to that in just
0: one second, but Claire, yeah. since you were conned into doing this <laughs> for, for 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 this, um, I were think it's you? Proof. A, yes, this is proof that you were. It's this some is journalism to, going on right here. Yes, if if yeah. if you need us to submit this as evidence in a court case absolutely he admitted (laughs) that he conned you into doing this were you a batman fan to begin with uh if you were if you weren't what did you then how did you get inspired in the process of scoring the film
3: yeah that's really interesting actually because almost all of my like batman knowledge comes through steve like i didn't grow up with it at all um really i mean uh, I'm a classically trained musician so I basically spent my whole childhood just practicing the flute and that was that was all there was time for. Um, so I was never really like a big fan of like fandoms in general, like it just wasn't my world at all. And so it's really interesting to kind of come to it as an adult and then like go back over some of those films, like as Steve says, like the progression, the different styles that you get in different films is just remarkable, like particularly with this character Um, But when I was scoring, what I really wanted to do, so there's so many incredible um, iconic scores for Batman films. And I really wanted to do one that whilst kind of, you know, making a nod to those and acknowledging them, I really wanted to be unique and to be completely my own. And so I actually completely, uh, I almost went into like a hermit-like state. And I didn't listen to any of the soundtracks of, you know, and of course I knew some of them, um, but I really tried to stay away from kind of referring back to them. And, you know, the new film was coming out. I was desperate to listen to the score for that. But I, apart from we went and watched the film, yeah, but yeah. I, I wasn't listening to the you'd, soundtrack. You'd already done time. the
1: soundtrack by that point. I was just, just pretty about, much done yeah, with it. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: Um, Yeah, so I actually just completely blocked myself off from all of it, just to try and make something that kind of really spoke to Steve's version of the character, rather than had too much influence from previous iterations. Mm. Um, Yeah, it's really funny, actually, because since um, I've been releasing the original soundtrack, a couple of people have said, oh, my God, this particular one bit reminds me of um, Gotham Knight, episode six, and stuff, and I'm going... I've never ever seen that <laughs> i've never watched it i've never heard it you know because i'm just i you know i wasn't a huge Batman yeah, fan yeah, before yeah, all of yeah. this and it's so funny how you can kind of get to the same place it really almost, feels like, like
1: of a piece with the rest of them
3: yeah that it, hopefully it sort of fits into the into the batman lineage uh, lineage in its yeah. own way but i found that really funny that
1: yeah i remember i remember trying to describe batman scores to you and being like it's like Noble tragedy. Like just like <laughs> like trying to come up with like some kind of buzzwords that feed into it. But she not only did an amazing Batman score, she did two villain scores, which which were very, very unique in an opportunity. Absolutely. Terms. And Absolutely. then two, two action cues that were like worthy of like a blockbuster and a couple of thriller bits and like a reprise at the end. And it's just a, a stunning work. I'm was, just so oh, happy with you.
3: it. There's definitely it, a bit it, of everything it, in there.
0: <laughs> it's one of the reasons why I, I I was mentioning how based on all the other fan fiction stuff that you've seen in the past compared to what you, yours pretty much is elevated to the point where if you had not put fan fiction in front of it i would have thought this is a warner brothers production because that's so again one thing that a lot of fans tend to when they're making the film they tend to neglect is score is sound uh that tends to be uh deprioritized. they want to see visuals and action set pieces and so on and so forth mm. but it that's that that held throughout consistently high quality it was fantastic work Claire um, you're listening to Shoot I'm the right. Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM I'm Marcus E. Ako and I'm producer Dave and we have with us the makers of I'm not even going to call it a fan fiction the makers of Batman Broken Promise which you can find on hmm. YouTube where you can be I'm sure soon it should go on to netflix and amazon prime mm-hmm. and all the other uh mainstream call it, an uh, call it a one-shot <laughs> comic <laughs> exactly uh, uh, we have uh, steve trumbull and claire wicks um so t- talking about the fact that this is now it took you two years to make this one episode was that because it you know, of the um of the sort of you know time to develop the story and the fact that you started getting other ideas to piece it in together or if for example throwing you into giving you the opportunity saying okay now you have the opportunity to create a six episode series Mm. mini series for example Um, from your experience having done this one project do you think it'll take you two years to do that or now that you've already done it once would you have a shorter time frame to be able to produce more content in that nature whichever whoever wants to take that question
1: uh i think that's a very interesting question i'd say the two years that it took to make this one were mostly because it was squeezing in amongst my spare time uh obviously we're in lockdown at the beginning so i did have a lot of time but then i'm a freelance artist so i I do work from home so i did have a lot of uh uh, work as well on top of that actual jobs actual (laughs) jobs paid work um and and also um Uh, I was the only animator. So it's like, it's so funny when we see comments on the YouTube going like, oh, congratulations to you and your crew. And it's like, this is the crew, right (laughs) here, you know, Um, me and my team, you know. Um, So uh, if I ever did another one uh, or another animation in general, I think enough people have watched this and liked this that I could probably do like a a GoFundMe or an Indiegogo or something like that, some kind of um, crowdfunding just to get enough to make it justifiably... I could, firstly, I could pay um, actors and, and people who work people work on the sound, people work on the score. I could even bring in other people to help with animation and backgrounds and stuff like that. But really, just to justify spending the time that it would take to do it. You know what I mean? You, it's, it's, uh, I think the best way, I think, to move forward would be to treat it like it is my main job. And that's the only way that it could be done faster, I think. Um, I've got tons of ideas, way too many ideas. <laughs> I don't um, know that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so, so in a way, you've you you know, it's uh, you've got to be, if anything, I'm trying to be more guarded. I'm trying to be vigilant against the, uh, the... Also, I've done projects in the past, which I've been really happy with, and then been so happy with them that I jump immediately into the next thing, and then I burn myself out. So I think, as I say, yeah, we're definitely, we're taking a big, long nap first. But... <laughs> um, I'm going to throw to producer
0: Dave. Producer have got a question for you.
2: I yeah, to I'm, come back I'm. I'm. i gonna. I'm not gonna repeat. Um, Marx's effusive praise because you know he's done. He's done that to death. But uh, I will say, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I will say that. Um, Batman Broken Promise actually belies its origins. I, I mean, in the sense that it is really, really, really well done. And I've forwarded. i forwarded the link onto a couple of friends, and they loved it. And mm-hmm. one of my friends. Isn't even into superheroes, but he thought it was absolutely fantastic. So well done. Have you heard anything from Warner Brothers at all in any way, shape, or form?
1: No. No, I haven't. I don't think they've got my number. I don't think (laughs) I don't think they even know. I I definitely don't know. Um, no, I don't think so. Um
3: I think in a way, that is slightly a good thing because we don't yeah. want it to be taken down. Yeah, we're more ter- yeah, <laughs> we're
1: more terrified that they'll that they'll they'll like the eye of Sauron will fix on us in a bad way, you know. Yeah, like um uh, I, I think no, no, I have definitely not been contacted. I've been contacted by a lot of uh, fans uh to to talk to me. I've i been contacted by a lot of people who um. Who would love to do their own things and just want advice or they they or, or even collaborations things like that as i say i'm i'm not like i'm not planning on doing anything right yet but um no mostly it's just just reactions i think i think really i just want i, I would love it if it just kind of yeah get, continues to exist and um like I, it would be a dream to get a call from uh warner brothers or just DC Comics to say, like if DC Comics called us up and said, okay, kid, you can do one variant cover for a comic book. I would be, I would hit the roof. I would be <laughs> so happy. Like that would be like, almost like the culmination of a lifetime's worth.
0: He, he, here's the thing from my in, in my very limited um, uh, experience and, and and whatnot and knowledge, it's been two weeks and you've gotten a quarter, and a, uh, over a quarter of a million views on YouTube on a on a on a medium where there are 10 million videos that people can go and watch. Yeah. People have spent over 15 minutes watching. People have gone back in and watched over and over again not mm. because not for any sort of assistance for you to try and boost your numbers because I had no idea who you were before I watched it <laughs> and I've watched it 3 times since yeah. since yeah. <laughs> I first came across it in the 2 weeks. So if I were to put any kind of prediction, and please don't place any bets on my predictions, the Warner Brothers will see this. They won't take it down because at the end of the day, it doesn't suit them to put any kind of strikes on it. Plus you've broadcasted everywhere that it's a fan fiction. It's not- yeah, We've not
3: made, made any money from it.
0: No, we really <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Unfortunately. So, what the
1: <laughs> last years of our life?
0: Yes. So, so if I were to give any kind of prediction as to what would happen, absolutely. Within the last two weeks, you've had a quarter of a million views. In the next week or so, that'll probably push to half a million. By two weeks, a month from now, it'll then cross the million uh, million view mark. It's wow. at that point that uh, people like Warner Brothers, like Netflix, and so on. That's when they start paying attention. Right, mm. because when because hundred hundred thousands is petty. That's nothing. Um, there was a, there's this um this interview I watched with someone who works regularly with Netflix. There what they do is they only look at stuff when they start to see two million views, because wow. their um, audience their audience is twenty million easy, right? So they start to look at w- when you, when you get to two million, mm. then you can approach them and say, hey, this is something I did. It's a fifteen minute project. It's a fifteen minute film it's got 2 million views they will happily pick that up mm. and you know and take it because they've got, they got because their them um, ideology behind it is that 2 million is what 10% of their 20 million viewers so they can give it to 20 million people plus that 2 million people now it's on netflix will get to watch it again and they will happily watch it again so mm. when you start getting a million views 2 million views which because <clears> of how good <throat> this film is I think, would happen in the next two months, tops. It's so two crazy, months, it's so crazy so. how
1: the goalposts change, though. Because I remember when we were thinking about, you know, it was like, okay, we'll put it on. Like, I wasn't even going to publicize it. It was Claire who was like, you need to create an Instagram account yeah. and a TikTok, and you need people to know that it's coming and make a trailer. And, I, you know, I was th- that kind of self-loathing, self-deprecating artist guy who was like, <laughs> I'll just put it out there, and if people like it, then, then they'll find it, you know? Yeah,
3: you didn't even... You created this YouTube channel in... February, I think. So at the yeah. start, I mean, now you've got a few thousand followers from this, but you yeah. had like four hundred followers. Yeah, so everyone's exactly. like, "What the hell?" So, what, so, what, is what is this? So we would have. Been Claire, you need like to put
1: like a, a new title. People watching
3: it, you
0: know, Claire, so- you need to put a you need to put a new title. You're his
1: manager from now on. Because <laughs> yeah, you need to. Yeah, yes, because <laughs> yes. I mean, unofficially, that's always been the case. So we're.
2: Uh... <laughs> I think to be quite honest, I think to be quite honest that if. Um, Warner Brothers did view it, they'd probably contact you because they'd want the story. It is a very, very good story. And they'd probably want to nick it um, for <laughs> for, one of, for one of their own films, to be quite honest, because uh, it, it's got an originality that some of their product re- lacks.
0: Mm. Yeah, and that's been
3: really, didn't... like, overwhelming feedback from from so, in you know, in so many of the comments of people just saying, you can see how much love went into this and that you're like, that it was made and written by a true fan that really loves the character I think that really comes across to people which is yeah. really what you wanted from the film isn't yeah, it yeah
1: I, I just wanted I just wanted Batman fans to like <laughs> it and to think that it it wasn't like an insult to the character or you know or, or any of the other characters that appear you know and I think yeah I, I, th- I think really when you talk about like the story like um I would love it if like if, if like if Warner Brothers you know DC came and said hey uh turn it into a graphic novel and make it like twice as long I'd do it in a second you know what I mean? I don't know if I'd be able to expand it into a feature length movie. I think maybe it's perfect as a 15 minute. I'd love to do like, like an anthology, you know, of Batman shorts, you know, because like, in a way, I think that like this film, it got in late, you know, it came in late, got out early. You know, it was just the right length. There, there was a, a thing that I heard about short, short <laughs> films years ago. There's only two types of short films. There's short films that are too long and short films that are way too long. You know what I mean. <laughs> so in a way, it's a miracle that we made a 50 minute film and it's not. It doesn't drag horrifically, or at least it <laughs> doesn't seem to. You know. It so seem to like it. <laughs> but yeah, no. I mean, uh, yeah, I think that would be amazing uh, to Honestly,
0: uh, So as, so I so I don't fall back into just spouting more praise for the film. It is just it, it's great. It's it's it, it's you have a great product on your hand there. It's not too long at all. It, it it occupies the amount of time. The characters are brilliant. The two villains play perfectly. Um, you have, you mentioned that it's, the, it's sort of like thematically they kind of match and you're absolutely right. And again, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna give any spoilers but they are perfectly, um, you know, symmetrical of each other. Where you look at them, it's 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 great. I hadn't heard of that first villain. The second villain, I heard, of, I know the second villain um, because mm-hmm. I'm a Batman fan myself. I had not heard of the first villain, but it's it's great work that you've done, uh, Stephen Trumbull and uh, Claire Wicks. Your, your your film is fantastic. I Aww. can't wait to see more uh, of uh, of your your product. I definitely say go out, do more stuff, Claire. Obviously, you've now been roped into score more of the project. So, um, <laughs> As, as, as Steve just did, he he just subtly hinted to you. So I've got evidence for you that he conjured yeah. the project. But I also now have evidence that he said to you that he's going to be doing an anthology, which basically means you should now that. start preparing. <laughs> so,
3: yeah. We heard
0: you, Steve. <laughs> we did. Uh, so for, for all of you listening out there, um, it's Batman Broken Promise on YouTube. Go and check it out and then check it out again and again our goal is to try and push it to at least two million by the end wow. of may so go and check it out it's it's a fantastic film you're <laughs> not going to regret it go check it out thank you steve and claire for coming on the show to talk thanks to so talk much for having us thank and, you and uh, we hope to have you on more often just every week we're going to be getting you back in to check on you to yeah. see well if, we if started, you
1: get us to two mil we'll come back how about
0: that yeah. <laughs> you know what that that's I, I will i will take that challenge we're going to get you to two million and then you're going to come back on the show to celebrate the fact that it's now hit two million and then we can talk to netflix and see what we're
1: doing
2: here. before you go before you go Stephen, uh, have you got any other projects lined up
1: uh, no, at the moment I have a couple of work projects, but they will also be, um, animated, which is great. Um, uh, cause as a guy who did storyboards for years, it's so nice that I kind of, in the last couple of years, I've finally been able to make artwork that gets seen by people. So there'll be a couple of animated promos and things, and then maybe, maybe a new project towards the end of the year, but, but nothing before that. We don't know quite what it'll be yet.
3: Claire, what
0: about yourself? You got any, uh, any scores that you're working on?
3: Uh, I've just started a new um, composing job. It's not been officially announced yet, so I, I can't say too much. But um, yeah, hopefully hopefully, more stuff coming soon. So uh, yeah. drop me a follow or something yeah, and then you follow you'll find our, out. On
1: Instagram, <laughs> TikTok, YouTube, Claire Writes Music, um, there's a lot of really exciting stuff in the works.
0: Speaking <laughs> of which, what are your uh, social media handles? Claire, let's start with you, then Steve will go with you.
3: Yeah, I'm Claire Writes Music on everything. Easy to remember.
1: Yeah, and I am Stephen Trumbull Animation on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. And you can also follow me on Twitter as just at Steven Trumbull and you'll see like various things that I'm up to.
0: Fantastic. We're going to put that all over the show notes for the podcast when it comes out on Monday. Claire, Steve, thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks
1: thank so much. You. Thank you so
0: much. And that was us talking with Steve Trumbull and Claire Wicks, the, the filmmakers behind Batman broken promise which you can find on YouTube but today do you think I was I was I a little bit too effusive in my praise of the film? actually to be quite honest uh, you were kind of
2: spot on I mean okay. I didn't say very much because uh, you you you'd taken it all away from me you'd said it all and that's what needed to be said It was a spot on interpretation of Batman and I loved some of the nods to the past. That you will see if you watch it you will see some nods to the previous batman animations and the reveals are really good you know the story is really good as well if warner actually picks that up i don't think they'll take the entire story because it's too short i think they'll take elements of the story and i think they'll pull him in to sort of expand on certain aspects of it as well absolutely brilliant so no i don't think you ranted too much or gave too much
0: praise and you're very you're you're absolutely right and i I was going to say that but in this session in when we were talking to them about the nod to batman the animated series it's it was that that's the reason why i was like this could easily pass for being a studio project because it was just it's so clean it's just so good what did you think about the What did you think about the voice of the of the of the person who played Batman? That was Stephen
2: himself, and you know it, it, it was spot on. Everything, everything, everything about- I don't think,
0: think Stephen played Batman. I think Stephen played um, some of the other characters, um, but Stephen, someone else played Batman because I saw a post that they did on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, which, if I'm just, I'm going to jump to 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 Instagram real quick. To see because they they did that recently they actually because they've been posting on on um on Instagram different you know posts about the the film because they just released it on on YouTube so that that's it it's it's um Brian Vaughn who plays uh Bruce Wayne and Batman and he's yeah so go just go check out go and listen go watch the movie uh it's on YouTube it's fifteen minutes even if you're not a Batman fan if you're an animation fan just go check it out, watch it, recommend it to all your friends, your family, your enemies, people who like Batman series and people who don't like Batman series, send it to everybody. Go and watch it, check it out. Let's get Batman Broken Promise to 2 million views by two months from now, so that Mm. my prediction is right. (laughs) I'm I'm putting that effort. I'm going to do that, definitely. But uh, yes, I, I thought it fantastic. I thought they are very, very talented people. I would definitely do my best to get them back on the show so we can talk to them about other projects, and I'll see if I can try and get them to do one of my projects
3: yeah. and see how we
0: go from there. Right. you will listen to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. As always, I'd like to thank everybody who's downloaded the podcast, who's watching us, who's listening to us on Resonance FM. It's because of you that I get the opportunity to bore producer Dave to death about my you know my opinions which don't mean uh, uh don't amount to a hell of beans in this in this crazy town as as i'm butchering some film uh from somewhere uh but yeah i get the chance to rant and rave about my favorite films my favorite tv shows uh, things that really annoy me and different things and whatnot uh and i only get to do it because at least one person listens to me so that's great and also want to thank uh, resonance fm for not being those people that listen to us otherwise if they had listened to even one episode they would have canceled this show um so keep on not listening to us and keep on letting us put our our, our fifth full panel whatever you want to say our waffle on your airwaves uh, i have been marcus e acco and i'm still you today. and thank you all very much for listening and
2: speak to you next time goodbye bye, bye.